G'day, 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 and welcome back to Measure Twice, Cut Once, uh, the show that's dedicated to do with everything DIYing and woodworking, and um, it's a pleasure to be back this week, and we have a show today, a topic, a theme, a subject, uh, in regards to becoming a YouTuber and what it takes, and we have a special guest as well to introduce the subject, uh, we'll introduce him a little bit later, but... We welcome now, in his humble abode down in Victoria Park, Collingwood, Mr. Chris Zurek. How are you, Mike? Yeah, good day, Dirk. Yeah, uh, good to be back again. Um, episode number four, who would have thought, eh? Um, yeah, I think we've got a pretty big show on today. Uh, we've got our special guest uh, in the green room waiting for us, and uh, we're going to have a bit of a chat with him later on. Um, what, do you, uh, what do you say we uh, have a chat about what we did last week, Dirk? Yeah, so recapping uh, last week's show, Chris, we had an interesting conversation about uh, what we go out and look for when we go shopping for any type of tools. And, uh, you know, that, that may concern uh, the price range, your budget, um, and also trying to understand what, what you really uh, are seeking and looking for as far as uh, setting up your shop and, you know, and um, understanding and identifying um, the type of projects that you really want to do. So, you know, we, we sort of covered upon that. And um, I think I think we got a bit of a good outcome because we got some nice feedback with that, as, as you may have seen across the feed uh, and the comments, Chris. Yeah, yeah, no, we had a, had a good response from that one. Um, a lot of people uh, put up their own experiences with that, uh, that particular subject. Um, you know, we touched on things like how much you should be spending, you know, you should be spending a lot of money or not a lot of money, uh, you know, what's, you know, whether you're on, you want to do the woodworking or get into something else. Um, yeah, I think, uh, I think it was a pretty good topic last week. Um, we should uh, probably use that one again in the future. I think that's a pretty good topic, that one. I, I think it is because it, you always have to come back to that and it's a, it's a bit of a reminder and, and as you probably do, I get asked quite a lot of questions about, well, what, what do you recommend? What, you know, do I go for the, uh, the tight ass option or should I look at putting a few more pennies aside and, you know, perhaps considering getting something that's a little bit upgraded version or model of uh, the particular item you're looking at. And, um, you know, that, and that covered, that's covered in practically every aspect of uh, looking at our hobbies, uh, whether you're wanting to purchase hardwood or, you know, anything else related to the the whole uh, hobby so you know it's always it's always food for thought that can always be uh rekindled and rethought about so it's, it's always good to keep that subject going i reckon oh for sure for sure and um and you, you touched on it as well like uh, <clears throat> excuse me the upgrades upgrading your machinery and that sort of thing you know whether you know whether you should be again if you're going to continue on with your uh, with your craft, you know, your woodworking, do you want to spend a lot of money upgrading to some, you know, better tools or are you quite happy to just, once you, you, your Ozito drill dies, just buy another Ozito drill, you know? Um, yeah. And uh, and you touched on another little thing we we're going to talk about in a future episode, um, timber. You know, we're going to try and source some um, suppliers for timber, you know, where you can get it nice and cheap. Um and, um, and, and and just in your area, basically, you know, uh, because I'm sure uh, you can buy cheap timber in, in Perth, Western Australia, but that's a little bit out of my way. And um, so we're going to look at, uh, you know, try, I think what we should try and do is um, set up so that everyone, if they're in Perth, Australia, then there's uh, somewhere where they can, you know, 
uh, purchase timber from their side. Um, what do you think, Dirk? That's such a fairly uh, substantial ask, isn't it, don't you think? It, it, it is, mate. Uh, I reckon it's going to be a bit of a task uh, because, you know, we, we can sort of identify in Victoria where places are and where we've personally gone to shop for uh, items. But, you know, and it's, it's good having a, a sort of a broad church in being part of the uh, Australian Aussie Makers Group and, you know, a few of the other Australian Facebook groups because uh, they're a good resource to identify... Uh, you know, things like this. So, and to get feedback is something we can then publish or, you know, present to an audience uh, where people go, oh, I didn't know that was around the corner or, you know, it's only an hour away or something. I'll make the road trip and, and, and grab the particular item that I need. So, you know, I, I think as an idea, um, as we stated from the outset of this uh, podcast come YouTube channel, we want the whole community to be involved in, uh, you know, helping us and we can identify and help you out in, in return. So that's that, that's a format we're working on. I reckon, Chris, that's a perfect idea, mate. Well, that's that's what the whole idea is. Um, you know, we all come together, we all help each other, um, and it makes the experience of, you know, woodworking and uh, making things, you know, just that much more fun, I guess, uh, for want of a better word. Um, but there's also the other side of things now that we're looking into, and that's, uh, you, and again, you touched on the subject, podcasts and uh, YouTube videos and um, and this episode I think uh, we're, we're gearing up to, to talk about that particular thing so without further ado I think we should um, bring in our guest speaker what do you think Durko? I reckon it's a great idea and the uh, person we're talking about is uh, James Finger from Fix It Fingers. G'day Dirk, g'day Chris and thanks for having me on the show guys. Pleasure. Ah, welcome aboard, James. Well, James, we um we we wrapped that you uh, are our first guest on uh, Measure Twice, Cut Once, and um, what we uh, brought you in today is to discuss uh, things that are quite close to our hearts, and uh, that's the subject of becoming a YouTuber, and also um, all things associated, you know, with that social media media element, but. Just before we get into the full discussion about that, uh, I'd like to just drill you and find out a little bit about your background and history and how you perhaps got into woodworking uh, initially and, you know, at how it's led you to that stage of woodworking at where you are at the present. Yeah, cool. Well, I'm about two years in, uh, give or take a month or so of woodworking. Uh, and I'm rather fortunate in that when I started, I basically started filming my YouTube channel at exactly the same time because it started as my own self-talk, basically just chatting to myself about what I'm doing. So we'll get into a bit more of that later. But the reason I started was because of another hobby of mine called geocaching, uh, which I won't go into now, so it goes down a rabbit hole. But effectively, it's a treasure hunt sort of game. And part of it is collecting these little coins. Uh, they're about sort of an inch across. And I had a whole bunch of them I wanted to display. So I said, well, I'm going to try and make a big wooden display for these coins. And that led me on to YouTube, naturally, to start researching, well, how do I do this? I very rarely handled tools before that point. And I started looking into routers and getting started. And I came across uh, Steve Ramsey's channel, which I'm sure most people know, uh, Woodworking for Mere Mortals. And from there, I did my research and I got into a few easier projects before starting that point display. And that was my 
beginning of my woodworking mm -hmm. journey. Okay, did you um did you actually put a video up of um of making that that coin display case or? We do, do, yes. Uh, there's a couple of videos. Early on, I do apologise, they were very long and I said just talking to myself more than anything else, but they are there. It's called the Aussie Path Tag Holder. Um, I'd show it to you. It's actually up on my wall to the side, but uh, unfortunately I'm tethered to my camera at the moment. Um, yeah, it's, it's up there. It's one of my earlier projects, so a few bits of dodginess in there, but the whole point of this was that I was, I was learning and still am learning as I go along. Uh, we all always learn. We're always learning. Yeah. Sorry, Dirk, you were going to say something? Yeah, James, um, I've found, I think I've watched your channel uh, since you, you basically began um, with the woodworking journey that you're now on. And um, what I've found very refreshing, and, and I always try to identify this with uh, people who are getting into YouTube, um, is that you, you have a, a, a type of uh, way you express yourself is very thorough <clears throat> and um that really comes across as uh, motivating to watch. Whereas, um, you know, there's, there's all different ways to do YouTube uh, and we're going to touch upon that. But um, so where, where did you sort of get that skill to be able to explain the project and the steps you're taking uh, throughout making that? Because it, it's really, you know, it, it just captures you and it, it's really inviting. Well, as you can tell, Dirk, I hate the sound of my own voice. Um, but currently I'm a public servant. I'm a scientist working with the government, but in a past life, I was what we call a science communicator. I spent a decade uh, presenting and managing a science education company. So I, I toured all over Australia, UK, Ireland, where I developed science uh, shows for high school and primary school. And so I spent many, many years in front of an audience uh, daily teaching uh, about science, uh, which is one of my big passions. And so, I suppose even though I had no YouTube or video experience when I started the channel, I do have an awful lot of presenter-style uh, experience. So I'm glad that that has come across into the videos. Uh, it does. I, um, I actually uh, enjoy watching your videos. You know, the way the way you come across, looks like Dirks, the way you come across and explain stuff, it's, um, it's, uh, it's really easy to follow, you know. Um, but I was just going to say, with all with you, with your background in your science and everything, you're, you're the smartest guy on this channel right now. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, it depends on the topic. It doesn't matter. Chemistry, but when, it, when, it, when, it, when it comes to dado stacks and uh, things like that, boys, I'll bow down before you. you. How many projects have you done now that you've filmed, you think? How many are there? Uh, projects filmed, I film almost everything uh, pretty much in the shed that the camera will be on. I'd be guessing, because there's a few multi-parters, around about 50, I'd say, projects uh, over that two-year period from uh, tiny handheld up to my minor station right here next to me, which would probably be the biggest thing that I've built uh, so far. Do you, um, you just said that you film everything. Um... Are there some things that, because uh, we, we sort of, me and Dirk touched on it a little bit last week, there was a couple of things that we did that we didn't film. Are there some things that you do in your workshop that you just don't film because you think it's just going to take you too long to do it, you want to knock it out real quick? Uh, the vacuuming? Um, <laughs> no, just about Actually, yesterday, funny you asked that, uh, literally yesterday, um, I had a Sparky in here uh, starting to get me some more PowerPoints, and while he was here, I made a cardboard and wood tunnel for my pet guinea pig. The wifey, she asked for one, and that only took about half an hour to do. 
and it came out so well i'm now thinking of making another one and filming it because that was one of the few things i didn't film. Uh, pretty pretty much absolutely everything uh that i've done i can't think of a project really uh since the first ones that I, i've not filmed and i've been close to not releasing videos because i wasn't happy with the video or happy with the project but um ultimately i have the, the great irony of it is and something for, for youtube is coming out if you film that video that you, you don't think is quite right my video that comes to mind there was a review i did on a spray gun magnet spray gun i painted my ceiling i was cranky the whole time i thought the video was rubbish and I nearly didn't put it on YouTube. It now has nearly 100,000 views, which is five to 10 times more any of my other videos. So just be aware, even if you think that video might be rubbish, there could still be an audience for it out there. My, my best performing video is my, um, my Kerf Maker video. And, uh, and that's only just hit, I think, 17,000 views. You know, when you, when you told me 100,000, I'm going, wow, maybe I should stuff something up and hate it and then put that up and and that's uh, same for me uh, Aldi tools uh the, the first one i did mm -hmm. a review on i was very lazy i was complacent and i thought ah, i'll just put this out and that's that's been one of my best performing videos and i've done a, a several on Aldi products because uh we, we sort of have to remind ourselves youtube is a search engine same as google and they're owned by google so um, you know, basically people are looking for information to specific things and uh, or and how to put things together or make things. So there's a lot of technical sort of aspect to uh, just getting the, your thumbnails right uh, and also to the, um, the topic and how you present that topic. But J James, just a question now. We got you on here because you wanted to a little bit have a bit of a discussion about and... Uh, YouTubing and that. So my question, if you were here now representing uh, perhaps the brand new Australian community of wannabe YouTubers, uh, how would you go about introducing people to that concept and and promoting themselves? Because uh, we just mentioned to you're part of the Aussie Makers group uh, on Facebook and you, you also, you know, you're on Instagram and things like that. So how would you, as James Finger, now go about saying, this is how we go about starting up a YouTube channel, guys. Awesome. Well, so I suggested this topic to, to Dirk and Chris because um, obviously with the presentation background, the YouTube thing came a little bit naturally to me. Like I have no real nerves being in front of a camera, which I know is a big thing to, for some people. The big thing is about it that be aware you are embarking on another hobby. So very few people, I think, start YouTube with the mindset they're doing it to get rich and famous because the reality is 99% of people on YouTube are not going to be rich and famous, but that doesn't matter. We're here to have fun and you're here to engage with the community. But it does take work. Even as a hobbyist YouTuber, what would you reckon, guys? Uh, three times as long to film a project as if you turn the camera off and just yep. went out and start to finish? At least. Okay. At least. So that's that's the bit, that's the big thing that I, I thought. The only real negative warning I'd say about it is it will consume your time, and we haven't even touched on the editing, which is another whole rabbit hole, probably say for another episode. But your post production, it could take you anywhere, you know, from a couple of hours to a day to edit a video. Now you can do that for free. I've always used a free editing program called Shotcut, which I just watched YouTube videos to learn how to do. There's iMovie and all those. It's 
try not to get onto that too much. But just that's the biggest warning, I suppose. Your shot time will be decreased because you'll be filming and you will need to put in hours editing afterwards. And that's pretty much the end of the downsides. It's so good to be able to have that visual documentation. I mean, photos are great, but you know, I still go back and look at my old projects now two years on. And while I may cringe at the quality of the video, it just shows me how far I've come from making my crappy pegboard to you know, my latest mic uh, station. It's, it's, that's the greatest advantage, I think, of YouTube is seeing what you've done and how far you've come. Um, I think there's one one small part of this that you've missed uh, mentioning, James, and that's uh, your wallet. Um, <laughs> I, since since I've started doing this, I have spent so much money on cameras and microphones and, and all sorts of. It's unbelievable. Um, but uh, yeah, that's that's another thing that if you if you want to get into it, um, you yeah, be prepared to spend a little bit of money. Um, and it also, it's, it's just like you woodworking, mate. Though. Good as you woodworking. Like I'm currently filming still, and to this day still on my phone, which I own anyway. Uh, I mean, these are my wife's headphones, which I've stolen. Uh, I'm on a tripod, which was a couple of bucks. I've got a light shining in my face, which is about forty dollars, the most expensive thing I got. Uh, thank you, past banks. And I've got a forty dollar microphone. So I'm talking about a hundred dollars of equipment for filming, and that, that still does me. But you are right; you can go absolutely crazy and spend heaps if you like that part of it. Which, which I did. Which I did. I, I went crazy. I mean, uh, you, you've seen the pictures on Instagram, my new cameras and, uh, and and monitors and all this sort of thing. I mean, I feel like Steven Spielberg half the time out in the garage. But anyway, um, you said you were using – what was the, the software you are using for editing your videos? Shot. Shotcut. S-H-O-T-C-U-T. Uh, it's freeware. You download it. Uh, I think it's available – on all platforms it may not be available on apple but i think it is okay. um, and it's it's not the prettiest software in the world by any means but it's free and it works i'm using um uh, hitfilm express um rob from uh, takami woodshop put me onto it uh, because i was using imovie and imovie even though it's a very good program it's it's very limited in what you can do um with uh with hitfilm express it's free mm -hmm. the, the, the express version is free and uh, it is so powerful you've got so much more control over just your text graphics you know it's it's unbelievable me, me i'm a printer uh, my background is in the printing game so when it comes to you know text and that sort of thing i i like more control over that and iMovie unfortunately didn't give you that um but uh if you wanted to uh, spend a bit of money, you had uh, Final Cut Pro, which is the big brother to iMovie, or you could buy HitFilm Hit Film Pro, which is the big brother to Express. But I'm going to have a look at Shotcut and see how we go. Um, what about you, Dirk? What are you using? Uh, since day one, I've been using iMovie because it was just, you know, it was part of the package with having Apple products. Um, and, and I found it to be good. You have to really explore it uh, to its maximum potential. And you know, on, on the Mac, you, you can you can sort of delve into uh, different things, contrast, banners. But and Chris, I understand what you're using is a hell of a lot better because uh, you've been telling me that and recommending. And I see I see the footage and the content that you you're creating, and and it's really good. You know, it's um, it's making me think I've got to bloody download this <laughs> this software because. Uh, but then then I have to learn that. But um, 
you know, it's it's something we have to do. And it's, it's all part and parcel of the whole uh, YouTube journey, uh, which is interesting that we can get a perspective from different angles here, you know. Um, but <laughs> just just quickly, I just wanted to say, James, did you find when you first started doing videos, you used to film yourself doing 38 cuts on the miter saw or on, the, on your track saw or whatever, you know, when you only needed the one or two glimpses of it? Yeah. Like, like everything, I, when I was at 38 Cuts, even a lot more than that because my woodworking was crap at the time too. But So my filmmaking, I suppose, has developed with my woodworking uh, at about a similar pace, I, I'd be guessing. And you definitely get more efficient. So, uh, again, he doesn't need any more plugs, but you watch some of Steve Ramsey's videos on how he films and, you know, he can smash through them because after doing it for so long, you know what shots work, you know what shots don't work, and you know that you only need to film Know, 10 15 seconds of a certain action like say making a long router pass you're not going to film all 26 router passes you just you film the one to show what you're doing so you do get a lot faster uh, and more efficient with your filming as you go along um is there anything else you wanted to cover on this one dirk or james yeah mate, the, the, the last important thing the biggest hint that i can give for anyone starting on youtube particularly if you are starting it with that sort of financial goal in mind but even more so really if you're not is get involved in YouTube. If you just sit in your shed and make videos and they can be fantastic and you might be lucky and take off. But the number one hint I can give is talk to blokes like Chris and Dirk. Not only are you gonna get a wealth of information, but building that community, watching other makers who do things similarly to how you do it, engage with them, comment on their videos, watch their videos, get onto their Instagram, get onto the Aussie Makers group on Facebook and other similar groups that myself and a few mates run. If you engage with that community, not only will you get back tenfold what you give in terms of experience and feedback and help, but I guarantee you, you're going to see a faster rate of growth in your channel. I can still look back at the major spikes of when I've had subs jump on, and that was Makers of Interest and uh, when Vic from Down Under Woodworks promoted my channel too. Just You get this massive kick in injection, which really motivates you to go on. So that's my biggest hint is... Be a community man, be a community woman, and interact, and you will see no end of love on your YouTube as a result. I don't, I don't think a lot of people are aware of what goes into producing one oh, of these, uh, these yeah. videos. You know, I, I mean, I, I certainly when I when I first started, I was pretty green. I mean, I, I used to watch, uh, you know, a lot of uh, YouTube. I'm going, geez, that looks pretty easy. I might give that a go. And I, I, I said that to myself for about two or three years before I took the plunge and did the first one. And um, and then I realised, wow, there's there's a lot more to this than uh, than meets the eye. And you're right about well, you uh, know, getting involved in community. Yeah. Sorry, yeah, Dave? Definitely. Like, things like uh, my, my biggest hit recently was uh, because of the Sumo's Record Challenge. I got 30 or 40 new subs in a day because of all the other participants who we all jumped on each other's channels. And, you know, it's... It's, it's definitely the way to, to do things. All right. Is there anything else, Dirk, that you'd like to ask James before we kick him out of the green room? No, no. I just, can I just touch on something? I, I wanted to do YouTube videos probably two, three years before I commenced. But I always had mm. shit phones or, you know, no capability. And then I bought an iPad. It only had 16 gig. And I, I thought that was heaps. But, you know, you quickly fill that up. So I had to learn all that. But three to four years prior to me commencing, which is probably going back six to seven years now, uh, there was there was a big audience for everyone who did a, a woodworking channel, practically. Uh, you didn't have to be anything flash or fancy. 
and the, the whole saturation and then the whole thing that the, uh, uh, you know, like Google bought out YouTube and the algorithm, they changed that up. That's made it harder for us. And a lot of people I've, I've seen try making YouTube videos and then they've just given up because they've got no traction early. So what I like about... Yeah, what I like about you two guys, you've got that determination to just keep doing it and you understand the fun aspect of it. And even I've spoken to Vic, you know, Vic sort of, he's lost a bit of interest in doing it, but he, he sort of, we're building off each other and we're building an Australian community and that's really strong, you know. And and people from overseas once said to me, oh, you know, the Australian scene should pick up one day if people get involved. And I see that emerging and, you know, and that's why I'm not giving up and and I enjoy every aspect of it. It's so stupid. I go in the shed. Should I film that? You know, everything you do. <laughs> but um, no, I just wanted to say that's uh, really good that you're so keen, James. And Chris, mate, you're, you're doing, you're, you're kicking ass here by doing this bloody grouse editing on this. I don't know, what can I say? I'm just pumping you up, mate. <laughs> just, you know what, Dirk? You, you keep your praises to yourself. Just send money, all right? Oh, oh. <laughs> I'll fill yeah. the hat. He's good too. Or a Galmax. Galmax is good. Yeah. I mean, look, it's, it depends what your outlets are. Like, you've got, you've got people who are obviously in it to do something. Like, I said, my, my attitude to my videos has only changed in the fact that I'm now conscious of not boring the shit out of people. Um, whereas before, I didn't care. Uh, and also, you know, I'm trying to cut down the swearing and make it a bit you know, family friendly because that's, I think that's important too. Um, but it's just what your motivation for doing it is. I've just ticked over monetization. I got my first paycheck from Google uh, this month, which was nice. Uh, but it, even if I didn't get that paycheck this month, I would still be doing exactly what I'm doing. I'm not in this for the money. It's great to put towards some, some new tools and things. But um, other people, I think, they if they don't see that financial reward, then they drop off because that's the reason. That was their motivation for, for picking up their channels. And I think channels like that are going to be short-lived because... The simple fact is, I think it's a bit, woodwork is a victim of its own popularity. It's it's great that there's such a huge community now because there are so many people doing it, but the ease of access into getting into YouTube and the saturation of it's a flood of videos. But then, you know, you still get guys like Rob from Make Things who a couple of years ago had nothing and now is going absolutely great guns. You've got, um, you know, it is possible to do it if you're really dedicated and talented or a little bit lucky. Uh, and sometimes, just as I said, like my stupid paint spray video, sometimes you just get lucky and something takes off, uh, even though it wasn't particularly good. <laughs> so. David, David Designs, 12 months ago, he was in nothing. Uh, now look at him, he's overtaken all of our channels five times over and he's just got so many awesome uh, fundraising projects going on and um, you, you look at the, the comments on his videos, this amount of love that he gets from, from what he's doing while he's working full time, you know, and... Yeah, it, it is possible for the right. That was what that was one thing I actually didn't put in there that I don't know if you can edit in or put it in the show notes or something. People don't watch channels for projects, they watch for personalities. So I think that's why Subo mate, why you get so much love and it's it's well deserved because what you make is vastly secondary to who you are. And that's not meant to be a slag, it's meant to be a compliment. It's people watch sumo for sumo because the way you go about things and the way you present yourself is so unique and so entertaining that you could be building a wooden dog turd and people would still want to watch it. And that's <laughs> that's the really important thing. Um, and 
I think, like, you'll see, like, I, I didn't want to get onto it too much because you started going down that the, the, the cynical route that all of my best videos are reviews of Craig products or stuff. Uh, the, the video where you make something, there are a million coffee tables on YouTube. No one wants to watch another coffee table, even though it'd be fun for you to make. So you can really, I know straight away if a video I put up is going to do well on the search or if it's just going to be something that's fun for the people who I care about the subs that I care about. Uh, you know, they want to see me make something fun, whereas YouTube wants to see you do something practical. I've just, got my brand new, I've just got my brand new project. <laughs> How to make a coffee hardware out of a dog turd. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be waiting for that one, Bert. That one could work. But, uh, oh, look, I just want to go and say, James, thank you very much for coming on to the show today um, and, uh, and giving us your insight into it all. Um, we hope this isn't going to be the, the last time we have you on the show because we'll definitely, uh, we'll definitely have you on again. Um, you, you're a lot of fun. And you're, it's, I've never met you face-to-face, -face, James, but you, you seem like a really, really decent bloke. So thanks very much. Uh, mate, we'll, come, we'll, we'll come down and do the... We're going to say, mate, you, when we're allowed to with this stupid virus is, is said and done, then um, if you and Timicon finally pull your fingers out and get that, that show on, then I definitely want to be there. I'm trying. I'm trying to get it off the ground, mate. I really am. It's all right. It'll take time. We'll get it. No, all right, guys. I'll well, see you around the trucks. Better go up and see the wifey. See you later. Let's chat soon. All right, so big thank you to James Finger from Fix It Fingers on YouTube, Instagram, and wherever else you can find him. What a great bloke he is, and a good insight to the subject and topic we had today. So looking ahead to next week's show, uh, Chris, so I think we're, we're going down the avenue about talking about customer service in um, Australia and, you know, the places like uh, where we buy our home hardware products. And even even some of the specialty shops uh, has a has a standard drops, or uh, do does a customer service maintain some sort of um, you know uh, goodness where we manage to come back because we had good service. So that's the topic for next week, I think, Chris. Yeah, yeah, we're going to touch on that uh, the level of service when you when you're going into a store to buy something, um, just your experiences. Um, you know whether you, whether you think because the, the couple of show, a couple of places that I've been to they they just um, they let you into the store because they need your money they don't uh, care about anything else and look I I understand business and all that sort of thing but you know interaction interaction is always a big thing for me I I like to think of myself as a loyal customer I, I don't want to talk too much about the subject otherwise you won't watch next week's show but. Um, yeah, so but that's uh, that's what we're going to touch on next week. So uh, again, thanks to James for being on the show today. Thanks, Dirk, uh, as as usual for your fine job and effort. And um, I'll uh, catch you all in the next one. So bye for now. And if you uh, like this show, please subscribe, hit the notification bell, and tell your friends about it. So uh, this is Sumo signing off and saying, "Uru." <laughs>